I know some people that they'll do 80% of their annual revenue in that November, December window. So for us, it's like this time is really like all hands on deck. They're doing so many deals. The ads are going up. So you feel this pressure to give certain coupons and deals or free shipping just to be able to be on the same level with them. I'd like to say that we are better prepared for the holiday season every year than we uh, were the last year, but it's usually not the case. We usually kind of realize it's Black Friday about a week out and, and scramble through it. We used to fight about whether or not we should offer pumpkin spice lattes. It's what you do for the fall. We need to have pumpkin spice lattes. Do you even like pumpkin spice lattes, Myra? I don't. <laughs> We're back, everybody. Welcome to season two of Making It Work, made possible by FedEx. We've returned with a whole new set of entrepreneurs here to give their unique and honest perspective on running a business in what we hope will be a less turbulent 2021. Over the coming weeks, we'll be covering topics from expanding your business abroad to struggles with mental health. So be sure to subscribe to stay in the loop. For this first episode, we'll be looking at how small businesses tackle the holiday season. In an ever-expanding festive period from Black Friday onwards, how do these four entrepreneurs manage a tsunami of sales? Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And for small businesses, it's the busiest. While we're still stuffing our Thanksgiving turkey with Christmas, Kwanzaa and Hanukkah somewhere on the holiday horizon, small businesses across the US are in the thick of it, gearing up for a manic period running from Black Friday to January sales. And when there's inventory to order, marketing campaigns to plan, and seasonal staff to hire, you've got to be organised. Unless you're Nick from Paleo Treats, who we'll get to in part two. To guide me through the craziness that is the holidays, I spoke to four entrepreneurs who experience it firsthand every year. Let's kick off with Kat Samagia, founder of Locker Lifestyle, a Chicago-based company that makes wrist wallets, so you can take your keys, card, and other essentials with you when you're outside working out. Kat started Locker Lifestyle out of her dorm room and didn't take it full-time until last year. She doesn't have too many holiday seasons under her belt as a small business owner, but you wouldn't know it from speaking to her. When preparing for the holiday season, we have to make sure that we're buying inventory at least 70 days in advance because not only does shipping and fuel you know charges go up it's our inventory takes so long to get in on top of that that you know if we're out of something in these months chinese new year is coming up and things like that so manufacturers are absolutely swamped so we're prepping for holiday and preparing for the madness per se in july before all of this even happens we're working on exactly what pr we want what photography we want, the content calendar is going up and it's really working backwards as in, okay, are we prepared for Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Hanukkah, New Year's, all of these different holidays come really, really fast. So we make sure that we're stocked up on you know, shipping labels, poly mailers, and most importantly, inventory. There's no less up really, is there? There's Halloween, you guys got Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, as you say, Hanukkah. And I guess your products would fit into the new me January health kick as well. Exactly. So that's why not only is our biggest month November and December, but January, because people realize, okay, you know what, if I'm going to buy these certain fitness products or clothes or gear things, this is what's going to kind of help me get to these new goals. Or if someone else is trying to motivate a friend or, or someone in that time, 
it's also, again, another gift giving thing to be able to kind of get into all of that again. And then, you know, also summer comes around, people are getting outside, people more active. So we have seasonal aspect of aspects of the business. But again, those three months are where it's a lot um, higher conversion rate for us because people feel the need to buy things right away and we ship within two to three days. So that's also important to people. Have you ever had a situation where you didn't order enough products or you didn't do it in time? Absolutely. So we've had that problem even in some of our not as busy months because we're still learning, you know, within our own business and customers what how we should be forecasting inventory and working with different manufacturers with different lead times. That's something we're still figuring out and trying to manage. Like we were out of our number one selling product for over a month. And it frustrated people, added them to, we were adding them to wait lists. And by that time, they're no longer interested. So we lost a lot of customers by running out of our number one selling product. I wanted to talk a little about Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You touched upon it a little before. Is there an unwelcome pressure when you're a small business to participate in those two events? There's a huge pressure to participate in those events, especially with Amazon, because they're doing so many deals, the ads are going up. And then also the cost to even advertise on Facebook and Instagram is also going up. So you feel this pressure to give certain coupons and deals or free shipping, just to be able to be on the same level with them. If not, you know, and it's still even like you're not as desirable because okay, are you promising, you know, two day prime shipping like they are? And is your discount good enough? So it's a lot, it goes back to that brand equity of two of like, okay, people are going to trust me and buy from me because they also know what we stand for, who we are, and not just buying like this one-off product. Do you have to think carefully about how you communicate with your customers during that time, managing expectations? Yes, absolutely. So especially with shipping, because certain people are the last minute gift orderers or are not prepared. And let's say, for example, I've been prepared for the holidays and I'm running low on poly mailers or label stickers or the Wi-Fi is out or something. And I've promised a two-day ship time or whatever that is. If I don't have those things, it's either going to cost me way more or an angry note from a customer. They have a bad experience with us. So if I'm promising a certain, certain ship time, I also need to make sure that, okay, by this date and this time, the products are with the mail carrier. Otherwise, you know, it's not happening. Like we have this certain cutoff, you know, before Christmas or Black Friday or whatever that you need to order by this date and this time to expect this kind of delivery and delivery times are even longer during these holiday months. I suppose it's not a good look if Santa Claus doesn't bring your locker lifestyle product. Exactly. <laughs> so we uh, we have a very important job. Our little elves over here have to work extra hard to make sure that things get there on time. So you manage the distribution at Locker Lifestyle from your parents' basement. What does it look like during the holiday season? And So it gets very hectic for sure, but having family and friends and then, you know, other, you know, new employees get, you know, helping coming in by picking certain times or days so that we're going to ship this or do this, um, helped us manage that a little more easily. But like typically if we're so busy during the day or responding to customers and things, we're shipping, you know, through the night in order to get products out the next day. Do you find time to relax during the holidays at the Samagia household? 
I don't think anyone's ever relaxed in the Samargia household. So I'm constantly prepared and always on the go. I think, you know, we have, I have a big European family and everyone only has like one tone of tone of voice and that's yelling like at all times, there's always chaos. So I've been trained to be able to work in certain environments and manage the crazy and the loud relatives and the fun and all that from a very early age. So nothing like that ever really shocks me. I guess a good tip is not to answer the phone from Kat during holiday season because you'll be roped into work. <laughs> you just never know. Or you know what? I convince people. I'm like, I promise it's going to be a pizza party. You can be my taste tester. But no, really, like a lot of people have fun with it. And it's a way for some of my friends to even hang out. If I'm so busy during this time, they just want to even come. Like it's kind of fun for them to, you know, stickering on labels and being a part of this process because it is so local and they see you know, the traction and what I'm trying to do with the business. So, but I really have awesome friends and um, fiance who is able to pitch in from time to time. I've fallen for the painting party trick before as well, but it's not going to fly when you're a multimillionaire. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty convincing. It certainly seems the holidays are a busy period for cats, friends. Well, 2019 was. The truth is we did all of these interviews in October and if you hadn't noticed, 2020 has been a bit of a weird year. So amongst the pandemic, election polls and protests, a lot of the entrepreneurs were anxious about what the rest of the year would bring. After all, a lot of them had experienced booming online sales during early lockdown. So who knew whether the holidays would see a seasonal surge or be a festive flop? Let's see what our next entrepreneur thinks. Ibuno Laloye is the founder of Live Breathe Football a Philadelphia-based company that makes apparel for fashion-conscious soccer fans. After we stopped talking about soccer, a passion we both share, I asked Iboon how he was preparing for what he believes will be a record-breaking holiday season. The holiday season for us pretty much begins around late October, early November. Because, um, you know, obviously Black, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is one of the biggest shopping days Um you know, for, for e-commerce and online businesses. So, you know, I, I know some people that they'll do 80% of their annual revenue in that November, December window. So for us, it's like this, this time is really like all hands on deck. You know, we, we've got to hire more people. We just got to be on point with shipping, you know, twice, three times as many orders daily as we normally do. So yeah, that's pretty much what the holiday looks like for us. So in terms of the holiday season, which I guess starts with Black Friday, right? How far in advance do you have to think of marketing, email campaigns, stuff like that? Um, we've kind of already started in uh, around September. Like September, we started thinking about, okay, what products are we going to push? What's the story around this product? Um, email marketing is already kind of set up. Um, right, We kind of have wireframes built out and like rough messaging. And as it gets closer to the time, we kind of really dial it in. So towards like early to mid-November, we started knowing, you know, exactly what that Black Friday Cyber Monday is going to be like for us. What was the first holiday season for you that was really, really busy? Um, the first one that was super busy for us, I would say, was holiday 2014. Um, we were So that was, what, three years into the brand? Um, so I was three years into business. Um, at this point, we'd had like a decent following of people that knew the brand, that loved the brand. And then we launched like a pretty big collection. You know, because again, as a small brand that's really bootstrapped, 
yeah, you want to sell a ton of stuff, but you also need to have the resources to pay for that inventory um, ahead of time. So that was the first collection that we really, I think there was like maybe nine or 10 pieces in there, which was like a big deal for us at the time. So people were like, oh my God, LBF has a hoodie or a jacket, a sweatshirt, scarf, a t-shirt. Like they, we just had so many things in that one collection that like most people would just buy the whole thing. You know, and that was really big for us because um, for us, it's like we don't have the most number of customers, but you know, I think our average or sort of the lifetime value per customer for us is really, really high. Um, so you have people that in a, in a holiday season are going to drop, you know, a thousand bucks on, on LBF gear. You know, if you have enough people that are doing that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty you know, decent return. You design the stuff that you sell, right? So what do you have to think about in terms of manufacturing before a, a busy period? So the main thing you got to think about um, is sort of factory turnaround times, right? Like we're not the only brand that wants to make stuff for the holidays. So every other brand is trying to do the same thing. And you got to think through like what your relationship with the factory is. Will they prioritize our order? Um what potential delays in production can occur. Um, so that, I'll say that's the, definitely the main thing is like how far in advance do you manufacture to kind of give yourself enough time to, well, you just give yourself the sort of the peace of mind that, you know, okay, we'll get our stuff in time to photograph, do videos and set up the website with these products ahead of the launch, right? Because you don't want to get things way too late because then that affects your ability to, to market the products um, appropriately. What's your warehouse like around this period? It must be crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, it's pretty crazy. Um, and the challenge that we always face is because um, we ship through our postal service here. Um, and obviously with COVID and everything, they've been like a lot more busy. They've been backed up. So we've had, even before now, you know, just sort of regular period, we've had challenge getting packages to customers on time. So um, we know that's going to be pretty even more challenging going into the holiday season. But um, we kind of recently reorganized things a bit because we have a ton of stuff coming in. We kind of wanted to make sure we have um, the space and the ability to kind of, you know, take in new, new products and set them up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of right now it's the calm before the storm. That's what I'd say. Has there ever been one year where you didn't order enough inventory and run out? Oh yeah. 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 So our business is growing like, 5x this year over over last year um and all of this has happened within this covid period and the challenge with that was we we launched a product um a pair of shorts that you know we were like we'd never done a pair of shorts before we like we think people are gonna like it so we'll get you know we'll get what we need to get to reach production minimums and all that sort of thing and kind of just test the water out and then it just like went crazy right so then we try to reorder and then add more so we, we launched the shorts in black and then we were like, okay, people like the shorts in black. They want more colors. We tried to launch more colors. And then it just was like hell trying to manage like this orders come in. And then the factory delaying the order, it was, it was quite a nightmare. It was a good, I mean, like people say it was a good problem to have, but it's challenging because it's hard to really know what the demand or the response is going to be to a completely new product you've never done before. Because you don't have any data, Right. Um, and for us, it's like, we can't afford to overinvest in inventory. Um, we just have things sitting around that don't sell that's happened before. Um, so it's, it's, it's always, it's always a challenge knowing exactly how much to order. Um, but yeah, it, it has happened that we didn't order enough inventory and I'm always kicking myself for it. So we're talking in late October here. My guess is you've seen 
a surge in sales largely related to lockdown and coronavirus. Do you have any idea what the holiday season 2020-21 is going to be like? None. None whatsoever. Um, the best I can do is just kind of talk to other entrepreneurs, um, see what their predictions are like, kind of gauge how everyone's feeling about this. Um, but I suspect, you know, my gut feeling is that it's going to be probably one of the biggest on record, you know, just because now it's like, it'll kind of be, you know, towards the end of the year, people are like 2020 has been crazy. We made it this far. We need to treat ourselves and really like, you know, um, cause you never know. Right. Um, so I think I, that's what my gut feeling is telling is that people are going to be spending a lot more money this year than they ever have online. How do you feel about black Friday? When you think of black Friday and cyber Monday, you think of like deals, everyone's looking for a deal, right? Um, you know, discounts and all that. And for us, that's not really going to be our approach. Like we are going to have discounted products, but more so it's going to be like, Hey, this Black Friday, we're launching this new collection, right? Cause you're already in the mood to shop anyway. Um, so that's how, how we, we're going to sort of approach it. Like rather than saying, look, we're going to discount everything that already exists in the store. It's like, look, we are going to give you something new that, that you want and you're going to get anyway. And now that you're already primed and ready to shop, that's, that's when we're going to give it to you. I think this Black Friday could be different from others because a lot of entrepreneurs are telling me the same. Do you feel like small businesses are kind of taking a stand against Black Friday now? Uh, I've seen a few people, you know, say things. Um, but for me, I don't. I think that's such a small percentage of, of people, you know, we're in control of our destiny as small businesses to a certain degree, right? Like you can choose to participate or not participate, but it's not going to change what's actually happening, you know, in the sort of the larger world of commerce, right? Like you can, you can say, Hey, I'm not going to spend my money with the, on black Friday. And that's okay. I definitely support people doing that. Doesn't mean everyone else is, is not going to, you know, I just don't think it'll be felt the same way that people think it's, it might be this year. When you're competing against giants like Amazon, it kind of has to be a case of everyone has to take a stand against Black Friday, right? All small businesses. Why? Well, people have told me it extends the holiday season. It's unmanageable. It just cannibalizes Christmas sales. And I get the sense that people are getting sick of just doing what the what other bigger stores are doing. No, I, I agree with that completely. But what I'm saying is, you know, for me, that like I, I recognize that, like, yes, you know, Amazon is this behemoth that can crush anyone whenever they feel like it. But, you know, we've built a business with thousands of people who are loyal to us, who love our brand and are tuned into our story and whatever we're trying to do. So if we say, hey, this Black Friday, we're going to release a new collection, that's what we're going to do. And then they can choose to support or not support that, regardless of what's happened in the larger marketplace. If that makes sense. You know, like, I, I don't think. And if we decide not to do anything on Black Friday, that's that's fine too. You know, I think um, I understand where, where sort of other entrepreneurs are coming from, but my thing is like, you know, I still have to compete with Amazon the rest of the year, not just on Black Friday. You know, like I can't compete with Prime Day. You know, now everyone expects their packages to show up the next day because Amazon has completely changed the customer expectation as far as delivery goes. I still have to compete with that 365 days a year. So it's not just Black Friday where um, I can take a stand if you will. Like, cause if I'm going to take a stand against Amazon, I have to do it all the time, not just on black Friday. Well, happy holidays. <laughs> Looking forward to it, man. You're listening to making it work coming up. Oh, we used to fight about whether or not we should offer pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> 
it was like myself and half of the staff on my side and then him and the, the other half of the staff on his side. Black Fridays have been really big for us and they can be this super joyful and, uh, and stressful time as you see so many orders coming in and realize that, man, you, you may not be able to fulfill them all in a day. Reading between the lines, it seems like you're saying we don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going to happen. When we were doing these interviews, Halloween was kind of wrapping up and we were approaching Thanksgiving, which is why I think Black Friday was at the forefront of the entrepreneurs' minds. It kept coming up. Ibun told us earlier that he was ditching the bumper discounts to launch a new collection to a captive customer base. And he's not the only one going rogue this Black Friday. Nick Hawks is the co-founder of Paleo Treats, based out of San Diego. Since 2009, he and his team have been making desserts for anyone pursuing a paleo lifestyle. Since the holiday season usually sneaks up on him anyway, Nick's decided to shake stuff up and reimagine Black Friday altogether by turning it pink. By the way, I may have a face for podcasting, but Nick definitely has a voice for radio. Not that I'm threatened or anything. I'd like to say that we are better prepared for the holiday season every year than we uh, were the last year, but it's usually not the case. We usually kind of realize it's Black Friday about a week out and, and scramble through it. This year, 2020, we're doing a little bit better job. Um, we've we've started working with this company called Zaius, and they do email um, stuff, but they have assigned us a customer success manager, and, and they've been really good about saying, hey guys, here we are in October, Black Friday's coming, the holiday season's coming, what are your email plans? And that's forced us to kind of look in a, in a much longer strategic term than we normally do at what we're going to do. Um, so what we've found in the past is that that Black Friday weekend, Thursday through Sunday, has been, you know, one of the, that, that is the biggest weekend of the year. And it's on us to figure out how to, how to make it, how to make it work. I think this year, what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a pink Friday. Um, instead of Black Friday. So pink is kind of the co the company color. And we saw that shipping prices are going to go up slightly before Black Friday. Um, and it seems like that's that's happened a couple times before. So we're just going to run a, a super transparent marketing gig this year where it says, hey, we're going to do pink Friday. It's going to be, let's say the end of October, whatever the date is, maybe the last week in October. And here's what we're going to charge. On Thursday, you're going to get a discount for 20% off. On Friday, it'll be for 17. On Saturday, for 15. And on Sunday, for 10%. You can buy on any one of those days, but the discounts are going down every day. And if you want to sign up on SMS, we're going to give whatever it is, a 20% or 22, like the, the biggest discount there during those days. And that's going to be our Pink Friday sale. And when Black Friday comes around, we'll probably just do a 10% discount because you're going to be so swamped with emails that one more from us isn't going to make a difference. So I think our, our kind of strategy this year is to sneak in early under the wire and, and see what happens, see how that goes. Um, but in the past, Black Fridays have been really big for us and they can be this super joyful and, uh, and stressful time as you see so many orders coming in and realize that, man, you, you may not be able to fulfill them all in a day. Does Black Friday not just cannibalize your holiday sales? I mean, it, it has to, right? There's no way that people buy a ton of extra on Friday and then keep buying, or Friday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then keep buying with their normal dessert habits. But at the same time, I think it's an overall lift in sales because people buy extra. They're buying for the holiday, for people coming into town, for people that maybe don't normally eat paleo. And so this is our customer base showing their friends and family what paleo can taste like, and they'll buy a little bit extra. And so overall, we find that kind of, let's say October through April is where we make most of our money. And then 
we just have to kind of hang on through the other half of the year because the warmer months, it's much more expensive to ship. And in summer in general, although it wasn't true this year, but in general, summer sales of frozen desserts, as, as weird as it sounds, can be really, really slow. And how do you go about ramping up your production? Oh, we're not such a big company that ramping up production is a big deal. You know, we've the bakery that we've got, so we do it's called co-packing. So we find a find a baker, find a local place to make our stuff. We come up with the uh, recipe. We'll source the ingredients for some of them. Some of them they source them themselves, and we approve them, and then they make the make the treats. And so, what will happen is we'll just say, hey. You know, Black Friday's coming up. Here's what we need is 2,000 brownies and 2,000 banditos and 4,000 Mustangs and whatever it is, and, and they'll make it. But we don't do so much that it's a, you know, it's something where it's like, oh, we've got to plan for this six months out. I guess for manufacturers of foods, the holiday season kind of starts earlier than for everyone else because you've got Halloween as well. So it's this never-ending sort of holiday season from Halloween to maybe sales in January. Yeah, yeah, to the New Year's resolutions. Although we don't see much of a bump on Halloween. I think I think people are still pretty addicted to refined sugar. And so we don't see a lot of people switching over on Halloween from candy corn to paleo treats. And and I my guess is that's A, they're used to the tradition. And B, I mean candy corn is made of the corn syrup. You can probably get six thousand of those pieces for a dollar and a paleo treat costs five bucks or five seventy five. Like that math is just that's too unbalanced to make it make sense to hand out, you know, banditos uh, versus candy corn or, or, you know, some small dessert that's super cheap. Just hearing Nick talk about refined sugar makes my teeth hurt. But while we're on the subject anyway, let's talk about themed coffees. Myra Hernandez is the co-founder of Back of the Yards Coffee Company, a coffee house and roasters she set up with her business partner, Jesse Iniguez, in 2016. It was intended to, at long last, provide the community of Back of the Yard Chicago with high-quality coffee. But when one very well-known coffee chain disrupts the market with unicorn frappuccinos, you have to at least consider selling pumpkin spice lattes when the holidays roll around. Right, Myra? The holidays are usually pretty good for us. At least for for us at the coffee house, they love to purchase bags of coffee um, to give away as gifts. So we do see a, a big spike in sales at the coffee house um, with a lot of our merchandise, a lot of our branded products like our T-shirts or our coffee mugs um, and, and gift cards. They purchase a lot of gift cards. I'm curious to see what the holidays are going to look like this year. A lot of things are up in the air right now in Chicago uh, in regards to COVID. So there might have to be a lot of changes that we have to make suddenly, but I think that as long as we still have our items uh, that usually sell well during the holidays available online, I'm hoping that we're still going to be able to benefit from the holiday spending if people are spending. You see a surge in trade around the holidays. What are the more practical considerations in terms of staffing and making sure you have enough stock it's been tricky for me so like in the past we we'd have to be open for longer hours we would need more staff but this year it's just tricky because we don't know what to expect and sometimes we just have one person working and suddenly you have a long line of customers it's a like a balancing dancing game that we have to play right now um but i think if we can continue to push to sell the items that we always have at hand, like coffee, bags of coffee, 
um, gift cards. That, that helps a lot. So, you know, we're forced to get creative sometimes on the spot. We have to figure things out right away. But it's been a little bit difficult to plan plan for this for this holiday. We're doing this interview in October, even though this episode is going out in December. I guess you don't really know what this holiday season is going to be like. It could be completely different from the rest of them. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. I mean, aside from a pandemic, there's the elections. Um, there's just a lot of uncertainty in the air. Um, but I do know that we have to continue moving forward and, and continue planning, um, planning for, for the future that we want to see. So, um, we're not going to stop. Well, we're going to try our best to, to work around these, these challenges and continue to engage and be there, be there for our community and make sure that they, that they see that we're still present. Reading between the lines, it seems like you're saying we don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going to happen. A lot of the big coffee chains get really creative around the holiday season, don't they? I'm thinking sort of pumpkin spice lattes and things like that. Is that a game that you have to play as well? <laughs> That's something that we uh, fight about a little bit because. Sometimes we do feel like we have to jump on the bandwagon and do the pumpkin spice thing for for fall, but we really want to be different and we want to honor our culture and our community. So we we will highlight and feature uh, seasonal drinks, but that are more tailored towards um, you know, Mexican culture. Um, and and sometimes it gets tricky to get creative. Um, without repeating a lot of what's already out there. But um, we don't necessarily, you know, make like a specific Christmas drink, but we'll highlight um, our Cuetla Sochil coffee blend, which uh, Cuetla Sochil is uh, the Nahuatl uh, indigenous language for the poinsettia flower, which is native of Mexico. So we that's how we get creative with, with the holidays and, and with the seasons. Um, we, we try to teach people about our culture and, and our, our heritage and, you know, why we use certain spices. And so we, we like to tie it in into our Mexican culture. It seems with the big chains, their ideas get crazier and crazier. So my guess is it makes sense to stay grounded and, and stay in touch with your roots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I do think it's important to be innovative and to try different things. But when people see something familiar, something they identify with, you keep a little bit of that fami- familiarity, then they're more willing to try it and to accept it. Because even, even when we first started and we were serving our 47th Street blend, that was a, a medium roast and people, a lot of people were like, this is, um, this doesn't taste like coffee. Uh, it's not dark. It's not dark enough. It, even though it was a great cup of coffee, it was just too different um, from what our community was used to. What is it that you and Jesse have disagreed on? Oh, we used to fight about whether or not we should offer pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> because... Uh, you know, I thought, well, everyone's doing it. It's what you do. 
for the fall. We need to have pumpkin pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, um, it was you who wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was just thinking like, well, it's just it's fall. It's what it's what people want, but um it was, it was, it was like myself and half of the staff on my side, and then him and the the other half of the staff on his side, and uh, you know, I was arguing about whether or not we should offer it. it sounds and, sounds intense. Yeah. Do you even like pumpkin spice lattes, Myra? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> not really, um, and I think I'm sure that there are some very good pumpkin spice lattes out there. Um, but I also think that a lot of them, it just tastes so much like artificial, like, you know, artificial flavorings. So, um, so I'm not a big fan of them, but I, I like my coffee black. I like, um, actually like my coffee, pretty, pretty simple. Are you telling me the Mexican community wouldn't appreciate a nice gingerbread cappuccino? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Anyone would like that. I mean, I could, give it, I could give it a try. I'll ask around, see if anyone's interested in trying it. Coming up next time. I'm very bad at turning off, to be completely honest, because once I've, I was on a roll working or something, I had a very hard time, you know, letting myself relax or go. If I had any free time, I honestly felt guilty. Are there sometimes situations that are a bit like, you do it, no, you do it, no, you do it? Sometimes you feel like, you know, you're the one that's doing all the work. But I think that comes from the amount of overwhelming responsibilities that you have as a business owner. It just feels like too much sometimes. What can I do with a million dollars? You know, you've, you've got too many dollars. And in that equation, there is no room for excess money and for extra hard work that doesn't need to be done. That's it for this very festive episode of Making It Work. Tell us what you think by rating this podcast, leaving a comment, or sending an email to makingitwork at fedex.com. We'll be back early in the new year with the next episode. So if you don't want to miss it, be sure to subscribe. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks to our entrepreneurs, Nick Hawks, Myra Hernandez, Abun Ololoye, and Kat Samargia. Making It Work is produced by Yolene Margri, written by Tom Scallon, and edited by Lars Blockenberg, with creative direction from Jeroen von Koningshoven. Music by Fresh Big Mouth, who created this song with actual sounds from the FedEx Superhub in Memphis, Tennessee. This show is delivered to you by FedEx and presented by Tom Scallon and me, Kelly Martin.